from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Hello again, everyone, and a big thank you to my listeners in Sydney, Australia. Your support is very much appreciated. And let us get right into the next episode, which is number 212. Earnest Truth, Civis Imperium Per Absolutum Terium or what most of us are living in now. I wanted to have this show as a very special show for you that you would be able to just relax a bit and think. And here's something a lot of people simply for so many reasons in our very, very busy lives simply cannot or will not do is try to relax. Because what I want to talk about is unsettling, but it has a silver lining, you might say. You see, here's the idea. If there is anything bad that is taking place in your life, my idea is that if you don't even attempt to confront it or recognize it, well, it's certainly not going to get any better. Matter of fact, oftentimes, things just get worse. So that's what I like to do. I like to kick things around. Um, you know, stir the shit pot, as they say. Um, because, um, yeah, if you want to listen to um, pleasant shows or if you just want to zone out to your favorite mindless TV program, you could do that. But I would really appreciate it if you would uh, consider listening to this show. The difference is, is that what I feel is very possible is that if you spend the time and you flip the dial and you and you say, ah, screw this. I don't want to get into anything heavy. I just want to zone out and, I don't know, watch whatever's currently popular on TV. I, I totally understand that. I get it. But thing is that day after day, night after night, when you do that, the same things that were going on are still there. You know, it's just kind of like drugs or alcohol. You know, you do it because you want to feel better. 
I get that. I understand that. But, you know, that's not, that's not taking care of things. And so, that's what this is all about. And that's what I wanted to talk about. So, you know, this is around, you know, most of my shows by now, you know, are roughly a half hour, depending, give or take. And um, I wanted to talk about something that you may not either have thought of or you have thought of, but very quickly it went right, you know, really quickly out of your mind because sometimes if we even get a fleeting thought about something that's really unpleasant, we do that again. We do it to protect ourselves. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's completely understandable. But I'm asking you to be brave and to do uh, what might seem counterintuitive and give her a listen. Now, what I said to you um, a moment ago, um, basically, was I said something in Latin, and it's basically talking about um, civilians that are under a great amount of pressure and tyranny and terror. So, um, I dabble, I enjoy, and I dabble in Latin, and uh, it's something I like. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just the best way to say something. Besides, it's fun. And actually, you know, it, it means citizen control through absolute terror. And that's what it actually literally means. So, I would ask you this. You don't have to get too deep or heavy into this, but I just want to ask you to reflect a little bit. <clears throat> um, what would you consider to be one of the biggest main potential tears of your life? And I'm not talking about um, unexpected um saying getting in an auto accident or, you know, getting hit by a car or perhaps physically attacked by a stranger. I mean, that potentially can happen to any of us and we know not the time, but I'm talking about something, you know, something that we feel as though we should be able to control. Now, that's, I have to admit, that's, I'm setting you up, that's kind of a loaded question. It's a trick-loaded question because I, it's not fair, I already know the answer. So, if you want to stew over it a little bit for fun, just to see if, if you could get it, 
then pause what I'm saying before I give you the answer. Are we back? Good. Um, I don't, as you know, also, and this is for another reason, um, I don't typically cite with precision studies because it's out there, it exists, and if you want to find it, you can. So, yes, this amounts to what I'm telling you is true because... You know, it's what I say, and it appears to be my opinion. But I'm laying it out there as it is and giving you the liberty to do with it as you wish. So I'm just going to tell you uh, very substantial polls were done in, well, actually, they were done in various countries all over the world around the same subject. But I'm going to limit it here to just the U.S. Just the, you know, the continental United States, let's say. I'm doing this because, um, well, frankly, that's where most of my listeners are. And um, the rest of you, well... Of course, I appreciate you tuning in, but I just want to keep this simple just to illustrate a point. That is, <clears throat> when this poll um, was basically put across throughout the population, and this is we're talking about, this poll was done, uh, certainly, it's no, certainly no more than uh, five years ago, um, because... It's a lot of data and they have to, you know, they have to put this thing out there and you have to crunch the numbers and, you know, it takes time. Um, so I believe this was approximately three years ago, but I could be incorrect, um, but I believe it was. So I'm just going to go with that. Either way, it is still very statistically significant. Anyway, you ready for this? Drum roll, please. Which I can't do very well. But um, number one thing that people actually felt great anxiety or terror was losing their job. And now, some of you, um, if you could see that, um, you can immediately identify that, and um, probably, I don't know, maybe most of you can. Um, it's uh, also the, the level of anxiety that comes with uh, potentially losing your job is proportional to the amount of money earned so um if there's in other words there is a much greater statistical probability for instance that people who earn well over say 100k a year um maybe you know 200k or more they are much more likely to uh, snap, wig out, 
uh, do crazy things, um, crazy things that I don't know that you have heard about in the news <laughs> with greater frequency. Uh, people that seem to have quiet, stable lives and this thing happens and they, uh, you know, they, they go in, for instance, and they want to shoot their boss or fellow employees and perhaps their family before turning the gun on themselves because they have everything and they have all the trappings of suburbia and perhaps, you know, the, the cars and the homes. The thing is, all of that is kind of an illusion because they're mortgaged to the hilt and um yeah um in that kind of situation it's sort of uh it being trapped because you know when you're really poor and you're coming up then you don't have very far to fall but yeah when it's the other way around well for some folks that the idea of that is just unbearable and I can completely relate to that. I have not only um, a great deal of experience personally with friends, family, but myself as well. So, yeah, you could say been there and done that. I know what it's like. And um, what... Um, I wanted to discuss the aspect of this is trying to the necessity of putting yourself in a position that you don't have to be concerned about that. Now, there are several ways you can go about doing this, but the important thing that I feel is that you need to have yourself in that position to begin with. Because, <clears throat> and I'm certainly not, you know, wanting to blame people. Um, it's bad enough if um, the job is gone and they potentially, you know, they do or feel as though they're going to lose everything. Wouldn't I'm not here to wish that on anyone. But what I am saying is that, unfortunately, the problem is, is that regardless of how I feel, what's more important in my opinion, is how the world feels. How you get on with the world, and of course, that includes part of that world, are friends and family. How much support do you have? Some people have a lot of support. Some people have a financial cushion. Others don't. Others, not only really for whatever reason, they don't really have much of a financial cushion. 
and they may not have friends or family that, you know, will help them through this thing. Also, one of the other big factors um, involved with this is your age. Because there is a big difference between something like this happening, let's say, when you're in your you know, late 20s or early 30s, and say if you're in your early to mid 50s. Because you're not in your mid 50s, um, you know, let's face it, compared to, you know, who and how, for the most part, are you going to be able to compete with? You know, it's pretty realistic that for multiple reasons, you're, unless you're a very, very specialized person, you're not going to be able to compete, not because you're not competent, but it's the same old adage. You know, why does the next company, why do they want to pay you at X salary? that you are accustomed to when they can get some youngin who'll do it for, I don't know, two-thirds or perhaps even half of your current salary. So that is a form of terror. And there is another aspect of this as well. And I'm just going to touch on this because I feel it's, I feel it's a, a necessary part of it. I'm not going to go that deeply into it, but I, I really do want to just touch on this. And that has to do with people that I have met who were um, folks that lived in the burbs and had the home and had the the cars and the kids and they they had all that stuff and lost it all not because of character flaw or drugs just just lost that job some of them actually both parents they had you know really good incomes and jobs and both of them lost their jobs and their lives well they went to hell in a handbasket really pretty quickly and in talking to them one thing that repeatedly kept being brought up and i've heard this too many times is that your perception of law and order and the police changes radically when you uh, life when you change from being one of the say winners who was a you know law-abiding happy suburbanite kind of couple and um, when you lose everything and you're on the street for a year year and a half or more the 
the way that cops deal with you and relate to you. Because, I mean, honestly, you know, to them, you're you're just an, another potential bum. You know, they 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 just treat you as what they encounter all the time. And frankly, um, in their defense, I will say they're you know because they're besieged by this plague of homelessness and and drug addicted people i mean they're pretty you know they're human and they're pretty burned out by it that's why there's a famous you know you've seen that i think it even became a meme or something whereas uh you see the homeless person with the cardboard sign that says i was once like you and that's very powerful and, um, you know, but basically what it comes down to is these people told me that you went from an attitude of, you know, being law-abiding people who lived in the burbs and had a home and, you know, all the trappings and everything that went with it. And they didn't have a perception that wasn't like fear of the cops. The cops were just cops and sometimes i don't know at the most maybe you had a a party where there was <clears throat> a bit of intoxication music's too loud that type of thing and uh, yeah that's about the long and the short of it it doesn't get much crazier than that the, you know the cops come they say okay you guys need to you know pipe the music down and you pipe the music down and you know things are are okay and that's about the long and the short of that but it's very different when you are no longer in that entire life in your home and you are on the streets and you know these folks tell me about it transitions into a combination of hate distrust and terror of cops because again like i said cops are human and i'm you know i'm trying to be fair and all that as as i can but there are you know more forgiving there are good cops and there are bad cops and depending on your luck and who you run into you know things can can really escalate very quickly so i pointed that out because that underlying current of what i'm talking about is the fact that so many people are living constantly even if you have your job even if um, you may have been on your job for many years and you have friends and you're, you've been friends with your boss for many years. But what it's come down to is this underlying current of, of uh, a bit of paranoia and terror because <clears throat> somewhere in people's mind, even if they don't want to talk about it, even if they don't want to confront it, which again, I understand, they know that um, 
even if they have a great working relationship with their boss, in many of these cases, um, they are corporate. They're corporate connected. And um, I, um, there are certainly things that just come down the pike. And it can come to your boss and um, come to your company. And it just, you know, the proverbial shit hits the fan. I, for instance, happen to know um, this guy, a really great guy. I'll call him Bob. Not his actual name. Um, But he, uh, for some time, he was um, still still is technically a manager at a uh, a BBB which is short for what I call as a bed bath and beyond and I had um, I had talked to him and I had told him a good two three years ago and we talked about this uh, you know fairly seriously and this this guy has been with the company for a long time you know at least 12 15 years and he's been with them for a long time and if you can understand this it's like it's like a relationship it's like anything else it's something that becomes second nature and it's just the way humans are it's just what we grow to expect and um, you can't you you've you've put invested so much of yourself, perhaps even a great deal of your identity, with caring about this company, and especially if you know to that point they've treated you pretty well, and you are a you know a management person, and uh, when things come down from on high it's it's just a stunned disbelief and i had talked to bob for some time and i said you know bob um you've got all these skills and you know you're a great guy and you're high energy and i i basically i tried to tell him that you know i don't see this company recovering I just see it spiraling down and I see something that is spiraling down the tubes and in its death thralls. And here's on that, if I could just touch on this very briefly. Um, if you are working for any company, especially a company that was big name, uh, regardless of how long you've worked there, but I mean, it was a you know a well-established company, such as you know BBB, for instance. And um, anytime, as soon as it's not so much guaranteed, it's not uh, the Chapter Eleven, which is it is not good, but it's not that's not the real big nails in the coffin. Um, it's after chapter 11 when they quote unquote restructure and they get swooped up 
by any private equity firm. That, that is pretty much the death nails in the coffin for the vast majority of companies historically whenever they are acquired by private equity firms they um it's the the writings on the wall and the the company's finished they're 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 gone and in pretty you know pretty depending on the company it can be 6 months or a year okay maybe a year and a half somewhere in there but um yeah they're um let's just say they're uh they're overarching um modus operandi of uh private equity firms is to um you know strip a once great company of all of its assets in other words to get while the getting's good so they you know they strip everything out financially and then poof and just let it collapse and bbb is no different and so anyway um yeah told him this and and he and i understood why he was doing it um but he just kind of laughed it off he's like He's like, yeah, yeah, things are a little rough right now, but it's gonna, it's gonna improve, and you know. So he was in that mindset, and I understand that. I totally understand that. And maybe with some other company or something going on in your life, maybe you're there as well. But I couldn't, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get through. And so now. He's being let go. Um, you know, got his notice, I don't know, two, two or three months ago. And no one's, I don't, you know, I don't want to go around and say, hey, you know, I told you so. But this was talking about, the whole point of this was to talking about the terror that we feel that is like a constant ache, a constant unpleasant state of affairs, if that's the way you've been living for some time. And if you're tired of that, and depending on where you're at in life, and if you really want to do something about it, then that's where there are alternatives that can be discussed and uh, probably need to be discussed. But, you know, it's your life. I, I don't have a clue of it. I'm just putting this out there for you. And, um, yeah, but if you're, um, if you're feeling that way, if this, if this whole situation of a, you know, an, an over the top high pressure sink or swim dynamic has really, you know, been affecting you, I understand. I completely 
empathize and I understand. And um, so, yeah, that's what this is all about, is me letting you know this and letting you know that there are options. And uh, so you always know how to reach out to me. So what did you think of this episode? You can go on over to theearnestmanshow.com, find this particular episode number, and leave a comment for me and the rest of the world just below the player in the comments section. And additionally, unlike platforms such as this, I do not treat you or want to treat you as a child. I don't want to tell you what language you can use. I don't want to prescribe what are good words or what are mm, those bad words. I want you to have the freedom to express yourself exactly the way you wish. Until next time, this is Ernest Mann reminding you that there are no bad words, only bad actions.